0: Welcome to Energy Analyst Talk, a podcast from ESAI Energy.
1: Welcome to Energy Analyst Talk. My name is Jake Wright and joining us today is Chris Cody who covers Latin America for ESAI Energy. Welcome, Chris.
0: Jake, thanks a lot.
1: So on today's episode we'll focus on Venezuela who had begun to increase its crude production slightly right before COVID-19 and the subsequent increase in Saudi and Russian production upended the oil market in March and April. At the same time, the U.S. has added new sanctions targeting the country's oil trade. So my first question to you, Chris, what is happening with crude production in Venezuela?
0: It's always a good question. Um, So crude production has been relatively stable in Venezuela over the last, let's say, year. If you look at April 2018, production was much higher, around 1.5 million barrels a day. By April 2019, production had fallen into the 700,000 barrels a day range, let's say. Now in April 2020, May 2020, production has remained roughly around those levels, 600,000 barrels a day now. So as we talk about the differences and changes in crude production, keep in mind that the big changes happened uh, two years ago, sliding into 2019, and that now the magnitude of the changes, while important, have been relatively small. So uh, at the end of 2019, Crude production looked like it was going to be on a slightly higher path. Production was rising, uh, coming back with investment at a few important fields, Uh, but the fall in oil prices due both to COVID-19 and the temporary collapse of the OPEC plus deal had caused Venezuela to begin to cut production. Um, At the same time, uh, U.S. sanctions have hurt exports and, and in effect, limited production as well.
1: I was going to ask about the U.S. sanctions. So how have U.S. sanctions evolved over time? Have they managed to have an impact on production and exports?
0: Yeah, I think the process has worked uh, a lot more slowly than the U.S. initially expected. But yes, they have had an impact on Venezuelan crude production over time. Um, So sanctions have had many targets and not all have been directly linked with the oil industry. But broadly, they have limited the ability of foreign companies to operate in Venezuela restricted companies from purchasing Venezuelan crude both in the US and through secondary sanctions in other countries. So first the u.s. limited uh, the purchase of crude oil by US companies uh, so the refiners in the Gulf Coast had to stop buying Venezuelan crude oil and, and that was a big loss that was a big loss of a big market for for Venezuela at the same time, the U.S. has been winding down and eliminating some licenses for companies both the U.S. and uh, non-U.S. companies to operate to continue to produce crude oil in Venezuela so that has hurt production as well but Venezuela has continued to find ways around this uh, so the U.S. has now extended sanctions to individual ships um, as well as leadership within the Venezuelan government so they're making things more difficult over time but Venezuela continues to dodge in a sort of ongoing cat and mouse
1: game. And didn't Rosneft step in to facilitate some exports?
0: Yeah, the trading arm of Rosneft, Rosneft Trading, um, has continued to act as a a middleman, which puts the trade of Venezuelan crude in a bit of a gray area. Um, It's a non-U.S. company, so the U.S. can't target them directly, but they can target some of their their assets, which they have done through additional sanctions. Um, But for a long time, a better part of a year, rosneft was crucial to facilitating the trade both to india and to china over time but that has begun to wind down and um, it's kind of a continuation of this balloon effect where you squeeze one end and then it just moves over to another area two little known mexican companies have stepped in but you know they're not trading for cash they're trading food for oil deals uh which highlights you know the particular humanitarian crisis that's ongoing in venezuela um, and it also highlights that, yes, the Venezuela continues to find ways to export its oil, but they're getting worse and worse deals over time. So this continues this cycle of undermining the financial stability of PDVSA, its ability to operate and continue to you know, push money and investment back into its own fields in production. thus continuing a perhaps slow but definite cycle of decline on, uh, for PDVSA's oil production.
1: Speaking of Pedavesa, what effect have the sharp drops in crude prices of recent months had on Pedavesa?
0: Yeah, it's making it very difficult for them to uh, continue to invest in their uh, oil production and to you know, take any money that might be left over from oil production and move it into the economy. Right? The economy, of course, is very dependent on oil revenue. And so as Brent now flirts with $40, Venezuelan crude is still lagging far behind. There are quality issues and then the issues of you know the risk taken on by whatever middlemen there are to, to export the crude. Um, so that keeps the value of the Venezuelan export basket much closer to, let's say, the like, low 30s, high 20s. So even as crude rises, the Venezuelan crude is still valued at a, a much lower rate that makes it difficult for Venezuela to cover much
1: of its costs. Yeah, I can imagine. So lastly, and perhaps most importantly, what are the prospects for production and exports going forward? Are there any political changes expected that might alter the situation? Yeah, there are a
0: a few things happening on both the production front reasons that exports might change and then um, perhaps some political shifts. Um, But let's start with politics. I would say that any fair analysis of the situation in Venezuela would suggest that Maduro has continue to concentrate his power, um, the power and opportunities for Juan Guaido, the leader of the, the opposition party, have diminished over time. Um, I would say that broadly, both the international community and parts of the opposition in Venezuela have lost some faith in Guaido. And Maduro doesn't have a strong position overall, but perhaps he has a stronger position relative to where he, what he did uh, a year ago at this time. So, you know, the U.S. is continuing to ratchet up sanctions, not only on the oil industry, but also on people within the government. So they've just targeted sanctions at Maduro's wife, Celia Flores, who's a very influential person politically in the country. And this will continue. So I think politically, no change is more likely than change. But of course, anything could happen. For production, this means don't expect big changes coming up. As you've read in the news, Iran has now uh, begun to ship more both material and gasoline to Venezuela, and supposedly this is helping them repair some of their refineries, and it may help repair some of their crude oil fields over time. Uh, If the refining levels go up more than the crude production, this is going to cut into exports over time. Exports are down closer to 400,000 barrels a day this month. And I think that they're likely to stay around those levels over time, especially as the oil market continues to be oversupplied for the months ahead.
1: It's certainly an interesting situation. Thanks for joining us today, Chris. Thanks, Jake. Always happy to talk about Venezuela. Thank you for
0: joining us on Energy Analyst Talk, a podcast from ESAI Energy.